Why should I believe? Did Jesus really exist? Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. You have found the youth version of our podcast and we're glad you've joined us today. My name is Julie Adams. I'm your host and we are actually joined by two youth, um, well sorry, one youth pastor, one youth leader today. We've got Pastor Wes Hillis. Yep. Welcome Pastor Wes. Hello. And our illustrious summer intern, Karis Hand. Hi. We are glad to have you here, Karis. Karis has been with us all summer as part of a flow internship. Um, if you're not sure what that means, you want to recap it for us, Karis? What's a flow internship and why are you here? So the flow internship is run by Melanie Wigg from BIC Canada. And it is basically a collection of all the other interns who are working at different BIC churches around Ontario. Who And then every month we get together and have a retreat and it's just a couple of days of learning about leadership and we learn about ourselves and just how we exist in faith communities as leaders and yeah it's a great time and so this summer I've just been working alongside Wes and Renee and everyone else. Um, you were heavily involved in our VBS, yeah. and you've been part of yep. um, our youth ministry yeah, all sure. summer, and uh, we just love having you here. Thanks. So it's my, been good to be here. Yeah. My question for you with Flo is, what is your Enneagram? I'm nine. Because Melanie does this oh, all I'm the nine. time. Yeah. I'm a six-wing five. Are you seriously? I'm a worst-case scenario thinker always. That makes so much sense. <laughs> Absolutely does. And then all the weird all facts the anxiety. that you tell me oh, with yeah. the, the wing five, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Huh. I'll yeah. have to Google what mine was because I did it a long time ago and now I can't remember. Yeah, I, I couldn't keep the numbers straight. So whatever number can't keep numbers straight, then that's me. I did, I did flow... Must have been four years ago now. I did flow. Yeah, you should go back on the flow uh, website and yeah, check video out the video. Yeah, Baby West on there. It's so cute. There's <laughs> a video of me somewhere from last year, but I don't even know where it is. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So we're going to dive in. We're going to dive in. We're going to talk about, you know, why is Jesus a real person? Yeah. So last week we talked about, um, you know, we really started this journey of questioning, you know, why should I believe? That's our main question. You know, why mm-hmm. should I believe? And we talked about creation. You know, did creation really happen the way us Christians say it did? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does science say anything? You know, we looked at a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, if you haven't listened to that podcast, this is a long one, but go go back and listen to it because it is, it is really, really awesome. Um, but yeah, this series is focusing on, you know, different questions that we have of faith, difficult questions of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we answered a bunch for creation last week. And now, you know, this week we're talking no was Jesus a real person? Yeah. Did he actually exist? And apart from the Bible stories we hear, you know, about Jesus, mm-hmm. um, do we really think that he believed 2,000 years ago? Do we say, ask you the question again? So apart from, you know, all the stories we hear in the Bible about Jesus, yeah. do we really believe that he was, you know, a physical person that walked the earth, yeah. had emotions and thoughts and feelings, 2000 years ago like was he an actual person in the flesh i would say yes see this topic we really have to explore because without jesus being truly human mm-hmm. and living a sinless life then we um if that's you know proven not true you know we don't have forgiveness that is all talked about through scripture that all that forgiveness mm-hmm. is gone that redemption that relationship we have with god and we all need to know whether jesus really existed or if he was just in our midst 
that's such a strange contrast because like a characteristic of a human is sinful by nature Mm -hmm. so that's a to me that's a you know to say it was fully human and also fully god it's a neat it's a an interesting thought process yeah it is because you know our our nature as human beings is actually to push away from god yeah we internally do this all the time in our decision making and you know actually choosing to you know focus on god more to be try and read more about god is actually choosing different than what our human nature actually states for us it's and funny because last week on the podcast you said the holy spirit is in us and with all of us mm-hmm. wanting us to be closer to god yes so and today you're saying the opposite well i'm saying there's a thing, difference between holy our sorry not holy our human nature yeah. and the holy spirit that lives inside us now the spirit that lives inside us guides us towards god but it, we still have this free will and we still have this you know urges that we all have as being human beings mm-hmm. to you know we choose different things and especially we choose a lot of things in our world today that are not supportive of God and go out and, you know, choose to be away from him. Mm-hmm. But now, I does, I'm not trying to, you know, contradict what I was saying with, you know, the Holy Spirit. What I'm trying to say is that it is our nature to push against God. Mm-hmm. But God has given us the Holy Spirit that we may draw closer to him. Ah, oh, so, very good. Okay. I'm going to pass over to Karis she's going to read our first bit of scripture <laughs> i'm the today. scripture reader today awesome um so this is first corinthians 15 verses 13 to 19 uh 13 starts off for for if there is no resurrection of the dead then christ has not been raised either and if christ has not been raised then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless as we apostles would all be lying about god <laughs> for we have said that god has raised christ from the grave but there can't be that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead, and there is no resurre- resurrection of the dead. Then, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we read in 1 Corinthians 15, 13, 19, you know, Paul is showing his readers that, you know, if Jesus was around, he wasn't someone who exactly actually existed. There's no actual point to them doing what they are doing. Yeah. There's no purpose. There's no point. And I think these guys were, you know, people who changed their entire lives. We just think Paul was someone who was of high prestige in Jewish culture. He was of high prestige. He persecuted christians he was going out and serving the temple like he was doing things that to any other jewish person with him he is crushing life right now he is absolutely nailing it and he changes all of that he goes from being someone in high power to being someone in such low esteem and power and everything Mm -hmm. if jesus wasn't around jesus didn't exist there's no point to paul actually doing this yeah so we see the you know, Paul on the road to Damascus, that the story happens to him where he, you know, he is confronted by Jesus and he goes blind and he ends up in Damascus. And, you know, one of the Jesus disciples goes to him and heals him. And this changes Paul's life. Mm-hmm. Like everything about Paul's life changes from this. He even changes his name. He changes his name yeah. from Saul to Paul. And, you know, I think this really shows that, you know, constantly think about scripture. We don't think of real people, I find. 
it's like in a movie when you when you watch a movie there's not a real yeah. person on the screen that you know just fell from a building or something yeah. but I have, just, a, I have a really random question about yeah. that because i kind of like in movies i feel like the characters are real so like whenever i'm watching movie and things are really like bad or tense or something i find myself praying for the stuff that's happening in the movie (laughs) because i get so into it and i feel like the characters are so real so that like doesn't apply to me but i can see how like that Mm -hmm. okay yeah sense but yeah i was just trying to get at like um how you know we we view people from history as not being actual people constantly yeah yeah we just, you know, they, oh, they were just, you know, people back then. They really didn't go through a lot. Uh, they don't go through what we go through today, right? We well, say that constantly. Well, they're not tangible to us. Like, exactly. they're not, like, we can't, uh, and sometimes I find that, sometimes it's hard to relate. Like, you'll read it and you'll be like, what do you mean they were walking down, like, the dirt road? Or what do you mean they were hitching up their oxen because it's mm-hmm. removed from what? Their life was so different. different. So, yeah. so different. Like, like so culturally to, and. Yeah. yeah. I think that. In our world today, in our Christian world today especially, we've done this with people in Scripture as well, where we view people in the Old Testament like Moses, like Abraham, like all these other people. We don't always view them as real people, but rather just, you know, they're part of the story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's almost wrong, because I think we have to agree with Paul that without Jesus, well, what, we, what would we um, have to live for? Mm-hmm. All these people in the New Testament changed their lives drastically. These people were living life. That's the thing we have to remember. These people were living life normally before Jesus came along. You know, they were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were they were living their lives. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came along and changed everything. Yeah. And I think I don't think we all really understand just the power that Jesus has in this. That's, you know, the power to change people's lives the way he did, to change the world the way he actually did. Because it's not just, you know, we hear through Acts and we hear through different books of the Bible, you know, the church starting off. Well, what I think we sometimes forget is just how big the Christian world actually is. Like, it's massive. Oh, yeah. Like, if you just think here in southern Ontario, if you drive towards Dunville, how many churches do you see on the way towards Dunville? Oh, like, I drive from Wellinport. I have, like, maybe a 10-minute drive, and I think I pass... Is it three churches that I pass on the way here? Or just two? Mm-hmm. No. Three? Yeah. Maybe four if I, I take the other I way. think I pass like five. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And if you go to Hamilton, where Karis is going to school, how many churches do you think are just in Hamilton alone? Oh, there's so many. Even That's in my neighborhood. just in two sections of Canada that are small. Yeah. Like if you were to actually take a full scale of churches around the world, it's massive. Yeah. And, and the they're, power, all very, they're all very different. Too. They're all very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's the fact that, you know, we agree that Jesus was this human being that came down, who was, who was part God and part human and, you know, really lived as we did. And that's why what Paul is saying here, I think, is so important because, you know, if we're not making this up, Mm-mm. if we've made this up, like, look, I, I think you look at any of pastoral staff here. If we've made this up... <laughs> There's no, there's no point to what we're doing. Yeah. There's no point to our compassion. There's no point to our energy. There's no point to us doing this. Yeah. We're not just doing this because, you know, we want a quick buck. We're doing this because we care. We want to see people grow. I remember in our staff meeting, seeing Renee get emotional, talking about yeah. people, you know, worshiping. And there's also other people who believe in it so much that they're helping fund the churches exactly. that pay for your jobs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's just, 
there's this community aspect of why we believe and it all centers around jesus being a human being jesus mm-hmm. being a person it's why should i really believe that's a, that's the reason we're talking about this and you know and it's just you no know, talking about it, talking about this and it's it's hard to sometimes express words for it mm-hmm. but i think what we really need to do to really give context to everyone about you know why jesus was a real person is how can we really know that jesus truly existed because i know we look at scripture and everyone's gonna be like yeah that's scripture you believe all of that but what about what about stuff outside of scripture yeah because you have to bring it to the table nowadays. You can't just say, well, Scripture says this, that's it. Yeah. People, you need to bring well, outside sources. Well, it's easier sources. to believe when there's physical evidence. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there is absolutely, there's so much research and history outside of Scripture that points that Jesus actually lived. Now, this is the, the first reason why we can trust that Jesus really existed. And history shows Jesus existed. So I just want, um, like everyone who's listening to this to think of a number in the thousands or the hundreds or the tens of how many documents not just new testament but you know historical documents from roman from greek from different places from egypt that actually say that jesus was a real person and once you have that number in your head you're like okay that's that's good but there are actually over twenty-five thousand documents. Wow! Outside of the new, outside of the With, Bible, within the New Testament and outside oh, of okay. it, within the New Testament and outside of it, and I think that this it authenticates and supports the existence of Jesus, and that's a lot. Now you have to remember, this is more evidence for Jesus' existence than we have for Shakespeare, Homer, and nearly everyone else that has ever existed. Wow, that's mind blowing. That is mind blowing. I didn't know that. Like Shakespeare, someone who we know was real, someone yeah. who we know wrote all these things, but there's more evidence for Jesus. 1,000, huh. what, what year is Shakespeare from? 1700s, 1800s? I don't know. I'm probably way off, and someone in the yeah. comments no, is no, losing think, their mind I right now. Please like, email Pastor Wes and correct 15, him ASAP. 15th century. 15, yeah. 16, okay, so 16, uh, 1,600 years after Jesus, and we have more physical evidence huh. to support that Jesus was a real person. That means... The person who actually wrote Romeo and Juliet, we have more evidence alone to support Jesus instead of the author for that. Wow. And yet, I we, don't know anybody who would look you in the eye and say, oh, Shakespeare never existed. That's baloney. Exactly. And, you know, it's not just Christians hmm. who say this. Okay, so William Shakespeare is 15 to 1600. Don't need to roast me in anything. <laughs> um, so... I know there's a drama person out there who's losing their mind, and it's probably not going to be Anne, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but there's not just Christians who are doing it. There's many famous non-Christians that they were historians, and they were prominent around the time of Jesus that agree and show that Jesus lived. Um, uh, ta- I'm going to say his name wrong. Tequitos, um was a Roman historian, and Josephus was a Jewish historian. Tequito? Not Tequito. It's Tequitos. <laughs> Tequito? Uh, no. Um, and they both mention people that we see in the Bible and give more information on different stories we read in Scripture. And a couple examples we have where Tacitus wrote about Pontius Pilate mm. um, and the execution of Jesus. So we have, we have historical people who actually wrote about the execution of Jesus, who wrote that, you know, he was someone who was crucified, that he was someone who died, that he was someone who actually was around. See, the woman who requested John the Baptist's head was named Salome, and we... Salami? Fu- <laughs> it's 
sorry. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and, you know, she, uh, we find that Josephus actually mentions her. Mm. We also have archaeological data that we have that has been discovered that coins printed by, by Pontius Pilate from 29 to 31 AD when he was governor of Judea. So this has been right around the time that, you know, Jesus would have been crucified. Yeah. He was around the age of 30. Um, and his family tomb was discovered in 1990. There are just two, those are just two of the many historical facts and artifacts that we begin to show that actually show the authenticity of the New Testament. That we, that we are constantly gathering facts and data to show people, places, and events that truly occurred during the time of Scripture. See, history actually helps us provide this physical evidence um, and understanding that Jesus truly existed. So a lot of people don't know this, but um, so the Roman emperor, Julius Caesar, was part of wars, obviously, when he was emperor. Mm -hmm. Now, there's three wars in particular that history dates that he wrote about personally. And history says those are factual proof. There is nothing wrong with those at all. Mm -hmm. There's less than 10 copies in the world that support that. Wow. But we view it as just pure true. You yeah. can look at Hannibal. Do, do you guys know the story of Hannibal? No. Mm-mm. So Hannibal was a Corinthian general. He wasn't really Corinthian. He was kind of like a mercenary. He went around and fought, but he hated Rome. Mm-hmm. And it is said that he took his soldiers from Corinth. No. Corinth. I might be saying this wrong, but Corinth, he, which is on the top of Africa, mm-hmm. right at the top of the Mediterranean Sea. He took it around to where Spain and Africa meet, around there, through the Alps, down into Italy, with elephants, soldiers, infantry, everything. And we view that as historical proof because we have, more do- we have l- less documents written. What I'm trying to say is, when we talk about you know, emperors and wars and all these other things, we're like, oh yeah, history right there. It's provable, you know, mm-hmm. So what if only a few people wrote on it? It's, so it's why true. are why are we skeptical of Jesus? Because it's faith. Yeah. Because there's general faith you need to have in Jesus. Well, and, people, and you can believe you can read a text and be like, "Oh, this guy named Jesus really existed." But it's another thing to then also believe that he did the things that he did. Did miracles and was the son of God and came here to save the world. Yeah, and I feel like people sometimes forget, you know. Something about religion is this thing called faith. Mm-hmm. We don't really talk about faith all that, all that much. This idea that, you know, to believe in something you cannot see, that you mm-hmm. cannot feel, that you cannot touch. To actually believe in something. You know, we talk about you know, our religion, being Christian, and all these things. But when we go into the world and we talk about, you know, why you should believe and all these other things, we forget to talk about the faith aspect. Mm-hmm. That it takes just general belief to say yeah this happened Mm -hmm. i don't i can't tell you the physical proof that i have that all the stuff happened in scripture but i believe that it did i have faith that it did Mm -hmm. there's historical stuff out there that will help support me but it takes just an actual breath to say i believe this Mm -hmm. and you know we also see this you know when we're talking about more historical stuff you know so we were talking about you know how the gospels show the life of Jesus, and you know, there's four different biographies. They're all written at different times, and when some of the others use, use some of the authors use others' account of Jesus' life, um, 
these were just used as a reference point. It's not saying, oh, I'm going to take all his words. I'll paraphrase it a little bit. I'm just going to go with that. But no, they said, oh, yes, I remember when that happened. Let me yeah. go into what I remember. It's not like we're just taking it, copy, paste, go with it. It's not what we're doing. No, they all have tiny little nuances that are different. Exactly. And, like, um, and partly, too, that goes, like, if you were, if you and I had a similar experience, like, if mm-hmm. you and I were both to recap staff meeting that we had. Probably remember or, it much differently. Or the service from Sunday, I might be like, oh, my gosh, do you remember when this happened? And we talked at length about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And you may yeah. be like, oh, yeah, we talked about that. But what we really talked about was, yeah. like, it just stands out There's to you differently. Things. Like, look at the book of John. There's so many nuances of personal touch in there, you know, talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the disciple Jesus loved the most. Yeah. Or how John was the first to the tomb. Yep. Outran everybody else that was going and just like the, all these personal things inside there. And I, all these people wrote these personal stories of, you know, being of Jesus, um, what Jesus did, how he lived. And with all these gospels, none of them contradict each other. Mm-hmm. But they help bring the full story of, you know, what happened at different points in the life of Jesus. And one of those examples in the story is when Jesus was arrested. And we're going to start with, uh, you know, John's account of the story and read, um, you know, that account. And then read what the accounts of the other three Gospels. So I'm going to pass over to Karis again. Okay. John 18, verse 1 to 11. After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Judas the betrayer knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? he asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more he asked them, Who are you looking for? And again they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I am the one they wa- you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his, his own statement, I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. Malchus, sorry. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? Yeah, thank you. So, you know, John gives a representation um, of the portrayal of Jesus. And, you know, I think this gives us an understanding of what's kind of happening here. And there's a lot going on. At least. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're going to read through the other accounts. And um, you're going to hear more from Karis just reading through, you know, the book of Matthew and then the book of Mark and then the book of Luke, just in all these different accounts. Um, but, yeah, I think to kind of get a picture of the full story, we need to keep going. So I'm going to pass over to her again and just, you know, read Matthew now. Okay, this is Matthew 26, verse 47 to 56. And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he explained and gave him the kiss. 
Jesus said, My friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Put away your sword, Jesus said. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Then Jesus said to the crowd, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day, but this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. At that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. So you see, there's a difference between Matthew and John's narrative of the story. You know, actually, Judas and Jesus actually have a lot more dialogue through this. Mm-hmm. We kind of get a little more picture building, I think, with this. And, you know, Matthew's version is longer. And, you know, he didn't um, say it was Peter who cut off the servant's ear. You know, we learned that through John. Or we also don't get, don't get the point that, you know, those who live by the sword die by the sword. Now, there's different points and personal touches in each and every one of these, and that's where we're going to jump into Mark next. Okay, Mark 14, verse 43 to 52. And immediately, even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders. The traitor Judas had, been, had given them a signal, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet them with a kiss. Then you can take him away under guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas walked up to Jesus. Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. One of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Jesus asked them, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there among you teaching every day, but these things are happen, happening to fulfill what the scriptures say about me. Then all, this, all his disciples deserted him and ran away. One young man following behind was clothed only in a long linen shirt. When the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt and ran away naked. Awkward. So, there are a lot of... Awkward. <laughs> there are... You know, there are differences that we start to see when we put these all together. You know, there's a book, um, it's called The Synoptic Gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Renee here has it. And, you know, it takes every passage of scripture that line up together in a chronological order. Ah, so cool. if you actually look at it, you can read through all these stories exactly at the same time, kind of looking through each individual one. And it's yeah. actually really fascinating to be able to do that. And, you know, we can see, start to see more and more differences. And the difference that I find that we really see in Mark is, you know, he also he left the story with a cliffhanger that you never really find out if the guy ended up finding new clothes. Yeah. You know, does he? I hope he did. Maybe one day we'll find out what I happened really to him. You know, there's did. a lot of difference, you know, <laughs> through it as it pertains to Jesus in the story. Um, and yeah, so we're going to look at Luke now. Mm-hmm. Luke is always my favorite. Really? Yeah, I always like hearing Luke. Hmm. Luke 22, verse 47 to 53. But even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the twelve disciples. Judas walked over to Jesus and greeted him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, 
Would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords. And one of them struck at the high priest's slave, slashing off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this, and he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus spoke to the leading priests, the captain of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him. Am I, a Am I some dangerous revolutionary, he asked, that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day. But this is your moment, the time when the power of darkness reigns. So in Luke's account, we actually have the only part of this account that actually says that Jesus healed the servant's ear after mm -hmm. Peter cut it off. I wonder why the other three left that out. I don't know. And I think there's all, this is why we have all this different personal touch to show different yeah. examples and points of Jesus' life. And, you know, these four guys, you know, wrote this and they wanted us to be able to connect with what's going on. And, you know, as we try and go through the story and find out the whole story of what happened in this situation by getting multiple witnesses, the gospel accounts are eyewitness accounts, um, mm -hmm. you know, to Jesus. And, you know, more stories of Jesus' life have, um, you know, gaps that are filled through um, other accounts from one of the other gospels. You know, there's certain things that in Matthew you read and you're like, oh, I wonder what that means. And you read Luke and it's like, oh. I understand that now, and yeah. I think that's why the synoptic gospel is a really cool thing to have, especially when you're studying the uh, mm -hmm. word, because it's just, it's so helpful. Like, any t any kind of writing you do for a sermon or planning or anything, I pull that out, and I'm just like, got it, like, just, yeah. just have it. And, you know, the gospel stories help us see that, you know, Jesus was this real guy by not being contradictory and by helping us to see the full details from the life of Jesus. So we read, you know reading scripture we look at history we look at all these different things that show sorry we read in scripture and we read in history you know all these different things that you know if you were to go out in our world today and you were to actually talk to people and ask you know was jesus a real person how many people on the street of hamilton would you say oh yeah jesus was a real person do you think generally i have no idea okay better question then in your social work class oh gosh <laughs> if you were to ask you know was jesus a real person Take away miracles and everything like that. Is Jesus a real person? I they but they would probably say they would either say no at all or they would say yes, but he wasn't like the son of God. Hmm, okay. Or like he existed historically as a person, but maybe just not. Hmm, it's interesting. I find people like in society today are kind of afraid to take a firm stance on a lot of things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you're going to offend someone. Like if I, if you asked, you know, me that question, I said hundred percent. Yeah. Jesus was God's son. He was fully human, fully God. And he lived on earth. Mm -hmm. Like someone else might find that super offensive, offensive. And you know, want to argue with me. So I think to avoid, well, yeah, we don't, we yeah, don't like arguments. We don't want that. We don't want confrontation. Yeah. No. I feel like the people in social work would probably maybe just say maybe because you don't want a confrontation either. Yeah. So, yeah. I just know, I find our world today, we forget that people were people in scripture. Mm -hmm. Jesus was a person. The fact that we can, you know, look back and say, Jesus cried. Jesus wept. He mm -hmm. was sad. He was joyful. He was happy. He was sad. He had anxiety. He, he was angry. He was angry. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever talked in front of people like, up on a stage or in a crowd or anything there's a lot of pressure <laughs> to not stumble on your words and to yes. not do this 
and that he would have felt all of that pressure that he would have you know been discouraged that he would have that he wrestled with things mm-hmm. he was a kid he you know went through life you no know, trying to obey his parents the best that he could but let's be honest no kid obeys their parents well and, <laughs> you know we talk about jesus living a sinless life yes he did he also experienced you know the temptation mm-hmm. the struggles that humans have i think that you know, as Christians, we say Jesus, of course, was a real person. And I think we need to start living that out more to say that he was a real person. And maybe you're asking, well, what does this have to do with why should I believe? And that goes back to what we talked about right at the beginning of this podcast was, you know, if we don't believe that Jesus was a real person, if we say, nah, I don't think so, you know, it's just our myth, but he's part of Christianity. If we believe that, that throws away everything mm-hmm. that we stand for, that we stand on today. But if we choose to say Jesus was a real person, he was someone who lived, who breathed, who laughed, who cried, who walked, just as we did, I think we can start to realize that there's a special relationship we have with God in that. There's nothing else out there that says, that, you know, any other faith out there that would be like, oh, this, the, your deity of whoever it is understands mm-hmm. you truly, mm-hmm. emotionally, mentally, the struggles that we go through. But Jesus does understand us. He does. He felt what's in all of our hearts that we would struggle, that we would have that human nature to want to pull away from God. And I think that we forget that sometimes, like Jesus felt all those internal things, every single one that we feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he rose above it, which is just, you know, that's the god within him that you know rose above that and was the son of god and really proved that you know through his life so what i'm really trying to get at for us to why should i believe is because the relationship we can have with god the relationship we can have with jesus is something that will be the most important relationship you'll ever have in your life Mm -hmm. and that you know if you have questions about it and you're really wondering like you know I want to know more about if Jesus was a real person. Do the research yourself because you will be blown away by how much stuff is out there. Yeah. And, you know, you may be like, well, it's going to take a long time to find that research. No, we have the power of Google. Um, <laughs> I you going to say God. <laughs> the power of Google to, you know, internet that too. shows so much of this information. Yep. And I just, I really pray that, you know, anyone listening to this can really see that Jesus was this real person who was part of our world and was human Mm -hmm. awesome thank you pastor wes that was uh yeah it was a great message and thank you karis for being here thanks for having me yeah we uh we appreciate all you've done this summer and your input today on our podcast thank you Um, so if you have any questions and would like to talk to pastor wes if you want him to point you in the direction of some of this um documents or research he'd love to hear from you you can reach him at west at wingfleetbic.com and if you'd like to get in touch with karis with any um just words of encouragement as she heads back to school you can email her at karis at wingfleetbic.com no nope don't email her there email her at karisourhand at gmail.com try that one instead (laughs) and my email address is julie at wingfleetbic.com So thank you for tuning in and we look forward to connecting with you again next week. Have a great week. Bye.